Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Faith Lutheran Church. My name is Candace Wassell. I'm the pastor here at Faith. It is such a joy to have you visit with us. You are welcome, so welcome in every part of Faith's community. You are welcome to join us in person at worship on Sundays. You're welcome to visit us online. You're welcome in our mission and our fellowship, and most important, you are welcome at the Lord's table. I have three scripture readings for you tonight. And normally I would read those texts first, but tonight I'm going to do something a little different. And if it doesn't work out, I'll never do it again. But I'm going to intersperse those readings throughout the sermon because this story uh, is a little bit lengthy and it, it flows all throughout the Gospel of John, not just in one setting. Our sermon series for these next weeks during these midweek Lenten worships is from Ashes to Easter. Stories of resurrection, and each week we'll talk about a, a biblical ancestor who experienced resurrection in the here and now. I'm going against the grain a little bit and not waiting until Easter to talk about resurrection because, to be honest, I just don't want to. I need a little bit of resurrection every week right now. Tonight it's Nicodemus, a Pharisee who questions Jesus. He's also a pretty wealthy guy, a leader in the community, a teacher of the law, and a respected elder. In other words, he has much to lose and reputation that he doesn't want to risk. But as good as life seemed, he is still a man in need of a resurrection. But before we get into all of that, I want us to, here at the start of our Lenten series, define resurrection a bit. It's one of those big theological words that we hear in church but don't do much with. We don't talk about what it means and what difference it makes for our lives right now. It's a church word, you know, like those church words like grace and mercy. What do they mean? It's a word that makes me think of a little adage I heard from Rick Buck, who sits back in that corner there usually and Makes trouble from time to time, but he comes up to me after worship and gives me these little adages, and I usually run to my office and write them down so that I can use them later in a sermon. But this adage goes like this. Religion is when you're sitting in church thinking about fishing. Spirituality is when you're sitting in your boat fishing thinking about God. Make sense? A little bit? I think this was Rick's way of politely telling me he'd rather be fishing than listen to another sermon. But it's his way of saying religion is that stuff that we just talk about. Spirituality, spirituality is that stuff we do. And resurrection, resurrection as we talk about it religiously, is that concept of life after death, Right? It's the promise we have in eternal life. We don't know exactly what it looks like, but we trust that God in Christ Jesus has prepared a room for us somewhere. It's a mentally comforting part of our religious faith, but it's something that will happen to us later, after we die. But resurrection, as we talk about it spiritually, is about being changed. It's about being moved from darkness to light, 
And that can happen at any point in our lives. It doesn't have to wait for death. And what that journey from darkness to light looks like is different for each of us. And it depends on how God is reshaping and preparing us for whatever season God is going to bring resurrection to our lives in. For Nicodemus, resurrection happened much later in life. He had spent his whole life living a technical faith, one that was really pretty much only useful in his head. He had spent years teaching religion, but his faith had yet to transform his heart and ultimately be one that was lived out in his hands and feet. So, let's read about where his journey to resurrection starts. And you'll notice it starts with him in the darkness. Our first reading from John chapter 3. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who's come from God, for no one can do the signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. And Nicodemus said to him, Well, how can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, No one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I had told you about earthly things and you did not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed." But those who do what is true come to the light so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. He is talking about resurrection, going from darkness to light. But some context. Jesus has just gotten done in this third chapter of John, cleansing the temple, which is a really nice way of saying that Jesus lost his mind in the temple and ruined a perfectly nice get-together with some perfectly nice church people and some perfectly nice church clothes having nice church conversation. And why did he do that? Because they weren't living faith-filled lives outside, ones that led them to service of neighbor. They were living religious lives that kept them nicely tight, knit up in this temple. Nicodemus saw Jesus throw this fit in the temple. Not wanting to upset any of those nice people, he goes and he asks Jesus questions about that 
under cover of darkness. And Jesus tells him, you're asking all the wrong questions. You're asking about religious technicalities when you should be asking about a transformed life and what it means to be empowered by the Spirit. And Jesus is saying, until you get that, Nicodemus, you're going to be walking around in the dark even when the sun comes up. Now, before we judge Nicodemus too harshly, let's be honest about ourselves. Have you ever had those seasons in life where faith was a nice theory, but it could really go away and you wouldn't miss it? I know that I've had those times when faith has existed for me in my head, but had very little impact on my daily living. And that's where Nicodemus is. And that's where some of us have been, and that's maybe where some of us are right now. But Jesus isn't going to leave him there. That nighttime conversation makes Nicodemus just hungry enough to want to follow Jesus a little bit more. So he does. He follows Jesus for four more chapters all around Judea, and he watches him. He watches him share a cup of water with an ostracized woman, and then he watches him heal a really sick little boy, and then he watches him heal someone else on the Sabbath, which everybody knows technically you are not supposed to do if you're a Jew. And then he watches Jesus feed 5,000 people with just some crumbs. He watches all kinds of stuff, all kinds of spirit-driven living that has nothing to do with the religious technicalities that Nicodemus has been hiding behind his whole life. And what does all this watching do to Nicodemus and to a faith that exists only in his head? Well, I'm glad you asked because that brings us to chapter, or reading number two. Chapter seven. Chapter seven. Then the temple police went back to the chief priests and Pharisees, Jesus is in trouble, who asked them, why did you not arrest Jesus? The police answered, never has anyone spoken like this. Then the Pharisees replied, surely you have not been deceived too, have you? Has any one of the authorities or the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd, which does not know the law, they are accursed. Nicodemus who had gone to Jesus before and was one of them, asked, Our law does not judge people without first giving them a hearing to find out what they're doing, does it? Here ends the reading. Nicodemus defends Jesus. And you don't defend somebody unless you've got a little heart in the game. You don't go to bat for someone when you've got a reputation to lose unless you have a little bit of passion wrapped up in what he's doing. Watching Jesus these last four chapters live the faith outside the synagogue walls has moved Nicodemus' faith from his head to his heart. Nicodemus' resurrection is clearly underway, but it is not over yet. Being born from above is about a faith that does move from the head to the heart, but it's got to end up in the hands. It has to change lives. To get there, Nicodemus is going to need to watch Jesus just a little more. He'll follow him from chapter 7 to the end of John, where he'll watch him restore sight to the blind, stop a crowd from stoning a woman, raise Lazarus from the dead, and finally he'll watch him give his life as a ransom for many on the cross. And it is then, in that moment of Jesus' death, 
that Nicodemus experiences resurrection here and now. And he possesses a faith made completely alive and active in the work of his hands. So listen to the final reading from John chapter 19. Nicodemus, who had first come to Jesus by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about a hundred pounds, and with the others took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with the spices and linen cloths, according to the burial custom of Jews. And now there was a garden in the place where he was crucified, and in the garden there was a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. And so because it was the Jewish day of preparation and the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Did you notice that he came to Jesus in the light of day to tend his body with his own hands? From darkness to light is the journey of Nicodemus. He started out questioning Jesus, and then he went to defending him, and finally he ends by tending to him. That is resurrection. And in order to get there, he had to watch Jesus. He had to put himself in the position to see spirit-led faith in action. The same is true for any of us whose faith just can't escape the questions in our heads. You have to put yourself, Nicodemus is saying, in the position to see faith lived out among God's people. Now, what does that look like? No more readings, but one story. About five years ago, uh, in, this, in this sanctuary, we had a community Thanksgiving worship service here at Faith, right? And when we do this, we invite the entire community in. There's all these different pastors that come in here, and we had a guest preacher, Pastor John. And so I came up here, and I introduced Pastor John, and then I went down and sat in a pew next to Eunice Peterson. She had, she's singing in the praise band that night, and they were all sitting up here, so I sat down next to her so I could listen to this sermon. So he gets going, and it's a, it's a good sermon. You know, he evangelical guy, so it went about 25 minutes. You're welcome. I'm a Lutheran pastor. <laughs> but in the middle of this sermon, Pastor John starts coughing, almost uncontrollably coughing. And in between the coughing, he's able to tell us that, no worries, this is just leftover pneumonia. You know, please just be patient with him. And as he's saying this, I notice Eunice, out of the corner of my eye, I notice her set her hands on her lap and open up her palms and move them out toward him and just kind of gently close her eyes. It was so curious to me. So I asked her about it afterward, and she said, I was just sharing my energy with him. It's something I've seen Jane Burgo do. And if you know Jane Burgo, she's a member of our community who shares her spirit through her hands. So simple. And you know, I don't know if that worked. I don't know if that helped Pastor John, but I don't really care. I don't really care. What matters to me is that I saw Eunice take the faith of her head and the faith of her heart and place it into her hands in the only way she possibly could in that moment to help a brother. That is resurrection. 
That is trying to move someone from darkness to light with the only power you have in that moment. And sometimes when I am having trouble living out that faith, I think of what I watched in that moment. Spirit-led faith in its simplest form. And it resurrects me just a little bit. Brothers and sisters, Nicodemus is a resurrection story for any one of you whose faith is trapped in your head in an endless cycle of questions that even when it's answered, doesn't do any good. It is for anyone who needs their faith to move from their head to their heart and ultimately to their hands. It is for anyone who needs to know that resurrection is not just something Jesus has planned for you down the road when you are gone, but something he intends for you to live right here, right now. From darkness to light, Jesus is taking you. Watch, Nicodemus is saying. Watch how faith is done, and it will move you from darkness to light I promise. Thanks be to God for putting us in communities where we can see it happen and watch with our own eyes how Jesus is getting it done. Amen. The most valuable message we have to share at Faith is the promise we have in Jesus. We come together every Sunday to share this good news in the reading of scripture and sharing of Holy Communion. It is these two acts of worship that we learn of the forgiveness, peace, and joy that Jesus has won for us on the cross. These gifts also belong to you, and we hope you will feel welcome to receive them. After we've shared worship together, we trust that we are ready to be sent out into the world to serve our neighbor, and you're welcome to join us in that great work as well. There are so many opportunities at faith to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. It's what we feel called to do. It's what we're passionate about. Above all, I want to encourage you in your faith. No matter where you're at in your journey with Christ, you are welcome to visit faith as often as you are able. But whatever you do, keep searching. There is a church family set aside just for you. And I trust the Holy Spirit will place you right where you need to be.